This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. My name is Rob Crane and I am here as always with my good friend Chris Valente. Chris, hello. Good evening, Rob. Um, how are you? We're doing a, a little test here tonight. We uh, normally record on Wednesday nights and uh, tonight is not Wednesday night. It is Tuesday and we're going to release on Wednesday. We'll see how this goes, right? Yeah, it's. I, I think we've done it like once before, but the reason we're doing so is because I'm taking a mini vacation and heading down to the Jersey Shore with my family So tomorrow night while the kids are sleeping, so that's why we're recording tonight. Very smart of you to drive while the kids are sleeping. Yes. it. So what are you going to do? Are you going to take like a nap tomorrow and just like... Or are you just like powering through and it like F it, let's go? Oh no, it's only four. It's like four, four and a half hours. So if we leave here, oh, it's not at, the end of the world. No, if we leave here at eight, we'll get there at midnight. So it's not, it's not that bad. Got it. No, yeah, I, I don't, I don't nap. I physically cannot nap. I just don't nap. I've never napped my whole entire life. I just don't nap. What you've I, never like? There's a, it's a great thing to do is nap. Napping's amazing. If you told like, you've me, never, you'd give me a million dollars. To sleep or take a go to take a nap in the middle of the day, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would fail. I would not be able to do it. Physically, like, cannot oh, no. do it. Does that include like maybe you had a little bit too much to drink the night before? Yeah. and you're nope. No, what? I that can't, can't be true. I I don't nap. I just don't. I can't do it. My mind, my body won't do it. Like, that can't the only be time true. I'd say I napped, and I don't call it napping, as you know, and you're about to find out in a couple more weeks is when the kids were born where all the time just kind of like ran together and it didn't really matter what time of day it was. It was just like you slept yeah. at like 2 p.m. But that's that's it. Like I that's don't. Different. I that's don't different. nap. That's I literally do not nap. So like this scenario here, you go out Saturday night, you have a couple of too many drinks, but you have a great time. And, you know, it's like 1.30, 2 in the afternoon, on a Sunday, you're just laying on the couch watching TV. There could be a baseball game on. You could be watching, for me, I could be watching golf. In the winter, you could be watching a football game. And, like, there's no one else around. You just don't pass out on the couch zero point for, like, zero a couple chance. hours? 0.0 chance. I couldn't do it. Physically can't do what? it. What? That, that, I, I, I can't do it. Oh, my and God. I, I feel bad for you. It's one of the great feelings of all time. I, if I ever ever and i'm uh, so i'm not being like being facetious like i have fallen asleep in the middle of the day before like right that has happened but i don't go take a nap like i've maybe maybe two times a year it might happen if i do that i will not sleep that night i just do not go to sleep that night i i just don't 
I don't need that much sleep. I just don't. Like going into your bedroom to fall asleep in your bed for like during the day, that's kind of weird. But like napping on a couch is like a normal human being thing to do. I know, I, I physically can't do it. If you, I'm telling you, if you told me tomorrow I'm going to give you a million dollars at 2 p.m. to lay down and take a nap, there is 0% chance I'm getting that million dollars. 0% chance. <laughs> oh, like, God. And that's if, if, I, if I stayed up till 3 o'clock tonight, I still wouldn't be able to pull that off. Not no chance. This is mind blowing to me. My parents hated me as a baby because I didn't sleep. Like I just did not sleep. I refused to sleep as a baby. And so I, this has I, continued the entire time. I, I I mean I sleep at night. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not, I can easily go to bed tonight and like fall asleep. But if I only got four or five hours, I could still function the next day, no problem, zero problem. Wow, we're different. My, well, my wife is very different too. She's she's a napper, like she needs right? her sleep because she's a normal human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I am not normal. I I think there's too much goes on in my mind. I'm like I could be doing something else. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Wow. Yeah. No, I like a good like mid afternoon. Ruins me. Ruins my day. Ruins my night. Ruins everything if I ever do somehow fall asleep in the middle of the day. You know, I was listening to another podcast, and um, it was that Pearl Jam podcast that we were talking about last week. Yep. And he was saying, he goes, you know, the first however long of this is just two friends catching up, and then we get into, like, the topic at hand. And I definitely feel like we have gotten into that trap of, like, what's going on, and then going in to be like, oh, yeah, we actually run a sports business podcast to help young people. Yeah. I mean, Whatever. That's what people. I think the the realness of it makes it much better than just listening to sports business all the time. Like that gets right. Maybe then I'll take um, a nap if I just listen to sports business all day. Well, there you go. You take a uh, that'll that'll get you on the uh, on the. I still can't believe it. You like you go out till three in the morning with your buddies and yep. you have a great time. Yep. And you get up at like eight in the morning, nine in the morning, and then like drag yourself out of bed. And you're like at home, and you're watching TV on the couch, and you just like I can't fall asleep. I've my college. I'd stay up till six in the morning. I wouldn't take a nap that day. I'd go to it's bed insane. like it's, it's and insane. then or if like it's I go to Ve- if I go to Vegas, you know, people like go up and take like a Vegas nap. Nope. Yeah, Vegas I'm, nap is key in my world. Nope. Nope. No nap. Oh, um. Hashtag no way, nap. Hashtag no nap. We teased three things last podcast. We did. And we're going to come through with zero of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> right, We said no. that we were going to come with our Pearl Jam album. I have not put any time into this, um, but though that is really has been on my mind a lot. That's priority number one. What would you say? That's priority number one. Right. Then we have two major announcements. Which I think they're major, right? One is definitely major. No, they're two. They're two major announcements. Yeah, yeah. they're two major announcements. And they're uh, done. Have, they're they're actually done. They're done, but we're just not allowed to say them yet. Correct. So right. we did. We didn't. We didn't. We can't say them, but we didn't drop. But the they're ball. done. They're done. They've been completed. The paperwork signed. They're ready to go on both fronts. We promise. If we were a te- we've been teasing this for like a month. 
I know. I saw people on social media say they can't wait to hear the next episode to see what we're gonna say. So we'll get we'll get it. <laughs> we gotta. I gotta figure out a way to insert that uh, sound effect. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. No, like uh, sorry, you can hit stop now because there's no there's no announcement. There's no announcement. Uh, it's been fun. Um, no, but it's uh, I'm I, I don't know, man. This it's we'll we'll, get, we'll talk about it next week well, when we can. Well, we can talk about something besides that though that we just looked at. We had. Already with a couple more days to go in the month, our biggest download month ever, and we haven't even put out this podcast yet. Right? No, this is uh, this is great, and it's been like I said, we say this really every month, the end of every month, right? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a repeat podcast. Uh, it's just mind blowing, and and uh, so but thankful to all of thank our you, listeners and- thank you, thank you, thank you. Go, but th- we see how many downloads we have. That doesn't seem to equate to reviews, though. So. Again, one more time, or followers. Yeah, oh, we get, gotta get our link. We got our our social media game uh, is much stronger, much stronger thanks to Michael Scott. But we gotta keep adding those followers. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing yep. it. Yep. Share, review, tell your friends, right. all the whole thing, because the, the announcement, the announcements that are coming, they're big. They're big, big, real big. <laughs> they're big, real they're big. Bigly. They're bigly. They're bigly. They're bigly. But, uh, yeah, so um, let's get into the world of sports, which I'm sure everyone can figure out <laughs> the first discussion of Don't this. Don't go hang out with the Marlins. Oh, Miami. Florida. Florida. You, your state's Alabama. Florida. 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 Florida ruining it for everybody again. Miami specifically. So the news comes out that the Miami Marlins essentially have been riddled with COVID. The whole team is just COVID. They got, what, 19 people? 19, 19, 19 now, 19. Um, anyway, so it took a weekend for this to, the bubble to burst, which there was no bubble, right? So this was predicted yeah. by every health expert in the country that this would happen. We just thought it would happen a little bit later. Uh, but to, they're playing baseball right now, so it hasn't deterred them. And our team stinks. Oh. They've been playing really not great. Hopefully they can turn around and we got nothing but the good I'll, I'll be honest. I don't even know who these pitchers are. I but know some of them because they pitch for us. Anyway, but I will say this. From a – there's a, a few things. When I watch the Red Sox game on Nesson, they pump in the crowd noise. Yes. I thought that was weird in the beginning. I don't know what they're doing in other, you know, RSNs. But as a guy who normally puts a baseball game on in the background while doing something else, having the crowd noise allows you to know when to look up. So it would be – so I, we, I've talked to people who are – It would be at, really weird if it didn't have it. I've talked to people who are at the ballpark, like some of the level one employees who are there that have to be at the games – and they say, with, because they're playing music for the, for the players to give them some kind of like stuff. Like, they say it's really hard, like really hard to watch, because there's just no ambiance. It's like watching like an extended spring training game. Like there's just nothing. Like there's no noise. Like you can hear the That's... players like kind and like there's cheering in the dugout. It's like it's like watching a backyard baseball game with the best players in the world. And you hear every little sound that's on the field, but it's just like baseball needs that background. I, people have been mixed 
some people like the crowd noise, some people don't. I like it. I, I think it, if I was watching the telecast and it was just dead silence, it would be so bad. It would like, be weird. It would be so bad. It would be terrible. Have you listened to it on radio? Do they do the same thing on radio? I don't know. I have not listened to it. I'm never in the car. I know you can listen right, online, but I, um, I have not listened on radio. But they're pumping in music and stuff for the players at the stadium with when there's a home run, like they do the whole thing and whatever. And you could, they, they, it's just, it's weird. It's so weird. It's definitely weird. And you said backyard baseball. The greatest video game maybe ever is backyard baseball with Pablo. Uh, Pablo was the greatest baseball player of all time. Not Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> Not Pablo Sandoval. Pablo Sanchez was his name, I believe, right? Backyard baseball was awesome. And I had a great team. You have Dante being the leadoff hitter. And then big Keisha? Kesha? Keisha. I don't remember. Um, she was a very good was pitcher. Was it Super Nintendo? Dimitri, Super Nintendo? Um, I don't remember, but uh, I think it was on the computer. Um, oh, I don't there, know, it was I a computer it. game. It was on the computer. Yeah. And... Um, I played that game forever, and my starting lineup would go uh, would beat anybody. Dante flew, great leadoff hitter. Pablo would hit bombs. <laughs> I think Dimitri was the pitcher. Uh, no, Keisha was the pitcher. She was great too. I loved her. Greatest, greatest anyway, backyard greatest, baseball. Greatest baseball game of all time, though, in my is MVP like two thousand five, like the last MVP baseball they made with Manny Ramirez. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that was that was game was game was that. amazing. That was a college like that was like all oh that was amazing. I remember the greatest Christmas gift that I've ever gotten to this day. I think uh, is when PlayStation Two came out. Like it was the hardest thing to get. It was of all time. Like literally the hardest thing to get. You just could not get it. I don't know how to explain it. Like they, the demand was so high. That unless, like, I don't even know how people got them. But anyway, so it's that Christmas. It's that Christmas where PlayStation 2 was the hottest thing of ever. Ever. And of course, and that was like my fre- it was going my freshman year Christmas in college. Right? So it was 2000 Christmas, right? It's about yep. to turn to 2001. And I, uh, so one of the traditions in my family at Christmas time is... You always get, like, I get, like, a nice big gift, right? Like, you get your nice Christmas gift. And my mom, since I was, like, I don't know, 10, had this really spiky bow. And that she has somehow saved this spiky bow, right? This It's really, like, pointy bow. It's no longer pointy. It's kind of flat. And she puts it on the big Christmas gift. Like, so you know what you're getting. Like, this is the this is the one, right? And normally you kind of find it early and you want to open that one. Uh, that Christmas, there was no spiky bow. And then at the end, we do stockings at the end and we open the stockings. And you know, it's like, all right, cool. Everything was great. We had a great Christmas. And my mom goes, oh, there's one more. And it was the gift with the spiky bow. And I was like, oh, boy, what is this? I ripped it open. It's a PlayStation 2. And the year you can't get them. I freaked out, freaked out, right? <laughs> freaked out, went nuts. I was 18, 19 years old, right? I just probably turned 19. And I went nuts about uh, this PlayStation 2. And I asked her, how'd you get this? How'd you get this? How'd you get this? She didn't tell me. She goes, I'm not telling you. I am 38 years old. Still don't know. To this day, she still will not tell me how the hell she got a PlayStation 2 
in the Christmas of 2000. Uh, I know she got it. Probably killed a human being. <laughs> Santa Claus. Santa Claus, bro. <laughs> yeah, Santa Claus. Right? Santa Claus. Before eBay, before any of that, like, you're not getting on Facebook Marketplace. Nope. You were, uh, I have no earthly idea. Rob, it fell it. off a truck. It just fell off a truck. <laughs> uh, something like that. Holy <laughs> cow. Uh, still one of the most insane Christmas gifts of all time. Anyway, how did I get talking about PlayStation 2? The best baseball game ever we were talking about. Yeah, right. MVP baseball. To do with anything. <laughs> All right. Right. So, so yeah, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. <in> <laughs> <laughs> How do you want to transition out of this one? <laughs> Christmas in July. Let's transition to PGA golf. Um, no, so Your you and I. DraftKings. DraftKings, yeah. DraftKings and PGA did a, a sports betting partnership. Uh, MGM had already had a partnership with them as well, I think. But DraftKings expanded their partnership now on sports betting. Uh, there's been movement. It sounds like Massachusetts might pass sports betting this week based on the budget shortfall they're having. So you'll see this a lot. I think a lot of states are dying for cash, right? So sports betting is an easy win to just turn on, and which will help DraftKings and their stock and the, the expansion across the country from legitimizing the world of sports betting. Right. Uh, so And actually, our, our ownership group and team, Red Sox, joined the lobbying efforts here in Massachusetts to, to – to lobby to get sports betting passed because we also know it'll it'll help our revenues because teams right now are dying for revenue right so yeah we're on board so yeah that's a good transition uh christmas to to sports betting but hey maybe that's how she paid for it she made it she won a bet um maybe i don't know you and i you and i were talking before this episode as we do our show prep and thought how can we provide some guidance. We've talked about getting your LinkedIn ready to go. We've talked about networking, that whole nine yards. Jobs have recently been posted, and yep. we, we have to assume that a lot of our listeners have applied for said jobs. Right. And so we were – go ahead. I'm big sorry, question. I was gonna, no, I'm going to ask you. A big question <clears throat> I have because – in full transfer, it's been a long time since I've actually applied for a job. Yep. Uh, probably you as well because – it's been years since you joined the Paw Sox. What would you do next after applying for an entry-level role that you might have seen on one of these job sites or on a team site? Right. So it's, for me, I'm thinking like, all right, I apply, I see these jobs, and you got to know that there's like hundreds of people applying for the same job, right? Because there's a whole bunch of college grads. We were just talking to somebody and they were saying that these bunch of college grads that no one's no one got hired, right? Totally get it, and it's just awful. So you got to understand that there's a whole bunch of people applying for the job too. So hitting send and praying is not going to work. You know, there was a wise man that once told me, "Hope is not a strategy," right? And I think that you've got to. We've talked about on our podcast separating yourself and doing something different. <clears throat> In my opinion, I'm probably going and looking through. Um, the LinkedIn's of who that potential hiring manager could be. I'm not sure I would reach out to the hiring manager. Yeah, got it, bud. Thanks. Might be a way. It might be, right? I'm not saying no. But I am definitely looking through who our mutual connections are uh, and who that potentially could be and say, ooh, it looks like I know this person who knows that person. And then going... Instead of reaching directly out to that person, ha- like say you're the hiring manager, right? And then our good friend uh, Scott 
knows, uh, I, and he, he, I might find out that Scott is our connection. I'm going to reach out to this fake Scott person and be like, hey, Scott, I just applied for a job that, um, that you might know somebody. Are you willing to make a connection? I actually I have a real-life example of this. I have a real-life example of this. I have a colleague, um, a, a person that I know, uh, that uh, is moving away, right? And they there's a job uh, uh, in this place that's uh, not close, and uh, it was in the PGA, okay? He goes, hey, Rob, I know that you've got a connection in the PGA with my buddy Larson, right? Well, we did the uh, podcast with, uh, yep. and he goes, I know that they're not even close, right? They're ones in Texas and ones on the, uh, you know, in, in, in the, in, uh, on the East coast. And he goes, uh, would you mind making a connection with to Larson for me so that I can kind of learn more about this position? I've never worked in golf and yada, yada, yada. And I email Larson. Larson says, of course, I'll talk to him. And they're scheduling a time to meet to learn more about the position. And then you don't know if Larson's best friend works there and then how that works. Then your application that you hit send on is a hell of a lot different than the than, uh, that the one you just sent on. is a hell of a lot different now because you have made a mutual connection uh, to, the, to the position and you're just able to educate yourself more. So if it were me applying for a job, that's what I would do. No, I, that's that's 100%. I was going to say you've got to use your network to necessarily find your way into that organization. And it might not even be the hiring manager. It may be someone in a completely different department. But any way you can get some sort of semblance of a connection that can get you to the right organization that you just applied for. And this is where I think young people then this is probably more geared toward them because of the conversation, right? You you graduated, you just spent $40,000 a year for the college you went to. Go use your alumni. Like, there's a, that's you have to, like, reach out to those folks, say, hey, I just graduated. Hopefully you've already made those networking. We've talked about it. You should be networking before you graduate because if you wait till then, it's too late. You'll be surprised at how many people know everyone in this business. We've talked about it. It's very small. Go use your network. Go use your... Use your professors. Like that's what again, you paid for the reason these these resources. Call your professor and say, Hey, saw this job. Who do you know that may know somebody there to get your foot in there? If you send a blind resume in at to get, to get what? Get your get you your always use the foot in the door. Yeah, I didn't say it. Uh, I <laughs> um when I if I we're gonna say it, get your foot in the door for an interview. How about that? There, there we go. go. There you go. There you go. Uh, Give it a qualifier. So you need you're going to need help specifically right now. I mean, I don't know if, if I don't know if you saw the news. CAA, CAA, just laid off 300 people from, from their sports and music division. The amount of talent that is going to be out there in the marketplace, you're going to have to do everything in your power to separate yourself from the competition, and that's going to be asking for help. It's okay to ask for help. Blind emailing a and or blind applying to your point. Hope is not a strategy. Sending is not selling. Sending is not getting a job. Sending your resume around is not going to do anything. It's a piece of paper. They're going to want you. They're going to want to have someone who vouches for you. You're going to need people to be there by your side to walk along this process with you. 
go ask for help. And you you should have an alumni association that somewhere, wherever you graduated from, that knows somebody somewhere. So, yeah, no, I think we've covered a lot of, like, leading up to that point of, like, oh, what you should be doing to prepare for the interviews and all that stuff. We really haven't talked about this, right? Like, I've applied. Now what? Yeah. So I think, too, I'm going to use my alumni network like crazy, but I'm probably also going looking through the other people in the organization on saying, okay, who did anyone go to, in my case, Springfield? Did anyone go to UMass in, in your case? And what is there, how is there a connection there? Um, and even if there's like a loose connection, a loose connection is better than nothing. It's, it's, right? some, it's your email changes, right? It's like, hey, I saw you went to UMass or I saw you went to Springfield. The pizza at so-and-so place was great. Would love to make get like get on the phone with you and talk about the position that's open within the organization. Like, That's your way in. A, a personal – it's just no different than any other email you send. If you send a generic, bland, hey, we, I'm so-and-so trying to sell XYZ with no personal connection, the, the likelihood of response is low, much lower then if you have that in through some kind of way to find that in through news stories, through mark, like using your network, it's just, you got to get creative here because the whole, I'm just going to say, I have a degree, got some internships and land this job is going to be really, really hard. This is the, goes back to your, uh, the, your, the, our, what started the argument on Swedish fish, right? Is that someone heard that they liked Swedish, Swedish fish. And I can't say it. It's so terrible. It's so ridiculous. um, That, but that's how it started, right? They heard it on a podcast or read it in an interview and, uh, and those types of things. And I think when people say like, Hey, I heard you on this, or I saw you on this, that, you know, gives a, uh, a different level of, um, you know, you can tell you've gone, uh, you've gone on a different level than most, most people and all are going to say, well, I hit a, apply right good enough and be done with it right that in all honesty those if those types of folks probably aren't going to make it in the sports world because it just takes a different level because there's so many others that w- will do more right and when you're hiring you're just not going to do the person that does the does the bottom it's what we talked about with like everything in your day-to-day job if you send one email and be like ah no. Nope. That person didn't respond to me. I guess they're not interested. You're fired. Like you, you have to go above yeah. and beyond, and follow up and find that cadence and then to make sure that you're not again being annoying, but show you're persistent that you want to get into that organization for that specific role. And that's going to take some creativity and thinking outside the box. You can play the whole like card of, yeah, well, you know, I applied and it's a coronavirus and no one's hiring. So what am I going to do? No, that's not that's not the attitude to have right now. Be aggressive, shine, show people like this is why you need to hire me, even though there is a pandemic going on. Yeah, I, and I think that those folks who are willing to do that are actually few and far between. And when you then you're like getting into the as you can grow upon that, you're creating white papers, you know, you're inter- doing mock, you know, um, informational interviews. Then you're taking that kind of upper echelon and like really slicing it down because. There's going to be, in that position that you just applied for, there might be 150, 200 people that apply for it. There's going to be one. There's going to be one person that gets it. One. Yep. You can be that person, but you've got to, it's just got to, you got to approach life differently. 
Speaking of real-world scenarios, our boy Ben, my former associate who finished up about a month ago, was working with this new agency that that's up and coming, kind of a startup. Offered to do, he was all the whole time while his his, his FSM associate program was ending, was telling them, "Hey, willing to work for free on the side? Let me know what you need." Having regular conversations with the head people there, eventually, like, "Hey, we need something to happen for this to be able to hire you, but we'd love to keep having the conversation." What do you think about doing some contract work? We'll pay you hourly and then have a, maybe a, a, a full-time gig for you if it all works out. Within a week, he now has a full-time gig because it all worked out. So like, it's not impossible to land the job right now. He's willing to take a chance. He's not going to work for MSG. He's not going to work for CAA. He's going to work for a startup, which I, again, have said a thousand times. I am a huge proponent of people taking risks early in their career because – that's when you get to, and he'll have exposure to so many different things that they have to work on versus just doing one thing. It's like the minor league discussion you and I always have. Getting as much exposure to as many things as you can at your 22, 23 will help you prepare to know what the hell you want to do for the rest of your life. Right. And going to the, uh, going off of preparing and knowing what you want to do for the rest of your life, I think too as you're you know you've hit send and now what i also think too this is a time where you go look all right what do i want to do what do i want to be and i was just having this conversation um with somebody late last week or you know uh late last week and saying all right you should go and look at the person or job that you want in 15 years Right? What do you want to be in 15 years? What? And then look at that person. You'll find them on LinkedIn. You'll find you know, do Google search. You, uh, the whole thing. What is it? What does? What skills do they have? What path did they take? And then start seeing. Okay, I want to be the I don't know vice president of marketing for a team. Right? Whatever. There's more than one vice president of marketing for a team. I would go look at all of them and say, do they have any? skills that seem to you know go over the span do they does what does 80 percent of those skills have what do 80 what do 80 percent of them uh have in common in regards to whether their their experience um the actual tangible skills that they have uh what do they all have in common finding what those things are and then figuring out okay if that's what i want to do these skills seem or and experiences seem to be the pathway to success. Am I on that pathway and kind of doing an evaluation of saying yes and or no? And if the answer is no, fine. Like that's okay. Who cares? But you got to then make adjustments to get back on that path. But I think you've got to do the research to find out to know like what path you're on. For sure. And I also think you and I talked about you should look at job descriptions. Ones that you're yeah. so unqualified for, but read that job description and say, okay, that's the kind of a job that I want to aspire to be 10, 15 years from now. Because it's hard to know. Like You don't know what the day-to-day of a CMO or a vice president of a team does or what the head of sales yeah. does. So reading those job descriptions even at an early age to understand the type of roles that you can get in our business and, and then figuring out what that career path has to be to get you to there at least will help you give you some guidance versus just shooting in the wind being like, I'm going to start in this job. This is my job today. And I hope I get promoted, but I don't know what the hell I want to get promoted to because I have no idea what the hell I want to do. You know, in our world, we talk in sales pitches, right? 
a lot of times we'll talk about working backwards, right? I ask the question a lot of time, what does success look like? What are you trying to get out of a potential uh, potential partnership? You ask the same thing, right? That's basically saying, what does the end goal look like, right? So that's basically asking at the end. All right, then you start working backwards. This is the same process, right? That gives you the pathway forward, right? What does success look like? Okay, answer that question. By the way, that's just not the easiest question to answer, right? You might be like, well, I kind of like, you know, I like merchandise, but I kind of like this marketing thing too, and I kind of like this community relations. In all honesty, go down all of those paths and see which one you like the most of like the, you know, what happened, what the person is in 15 years. And then you start working backwards. There's going to be some things that just come to light and go, yeah, that's what I want to do. And then you got to be like, then I've got to go down that path a billion miles an hour and trying to gather as much information as possible. Totally. No, I, I think... So <clears throat> work backwards, I think, is a is the way I would and, say it. And don't wait till you're graduated. You should be starting that process while in college because that could even give you a better road to what internships you need to start on, what connections you need to make, who you need to start reaching out to to network with in the industry to have those people on at your on your back when you get out because otherwise like we've talked about this a hundred million different ways it's really really hard to navigate our industry because it's it's competitive and it's small and if you're not going to have some resource or some mentor or some guidance and trying to do this on your own it gets really lonely really fast because it's just really really hard and this situation compounds how hard it is right so yeah, it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it any easier. And I mean, people who have been in this business for a long time now are staring down the barrel of furloughs, unemployment, uncertainty. Who the hell knows what's going on, right? When you're 20, 21, 22, and you have this opportunity to lay the groundwork to make sure you're set up for the best success later on, and luckily probably won't have any more pandemics to deal with 15 years from now because they don't seem to show up every 15 years. That's what's going to make you be a better person earlier in your career and have a, have an idea. So when someone asks you that question, what do you want to do? You have a very, very concrete answer and say, that's what I want to do. Because that yeah. no one has that, right? No one says that. They go, I don't know. Right. But I also think, too, if you go, I don't know, right now's the time to like start to figure that out. But it's just going to take... It's going to take effort to figure it out because you're going to have to try some things. And they're going to suck, and you'll be like, I don't really want to do that. And you're going to try some things, and be like, oh, I kind of like that. And then you'll so try some things, oh, I kind of like that. And then you start like merging things, and they're just going to like, if you put the effort in, it's going to come up and be like, boom, that's what I want to do. But if you don't put the effort in, you'll be like, well, there's nothing here for me. I can't find anything. I'm off to go do something out. And they like get frustrated and quit. No, I, right? I, I completely agree. It's, and it's like, you, so you've got to be willing to work at this. Well, in my one thing, opinion. I think one thing you and I really haven't talked about, and it's, it's probably not as much known by younger folks, is the amount of attrition and turnover early in our business is very high, right? Oh, man. Yeah, right. It's extremely high because you come in unprepared. You come in with blinders on thinking it's something it's not. And if you do the work now to prepare yourself for when you get that first job, you, there's no shock value. 
You're not coming into this yeah. thing being like, oh, I was expecting X, Y, Z, but it's really B. Like, this is why we preach all the time that you got to have is you, you can't just wait around to the day you graduate. Say, I have a piece of paper. I need a job. I'm going to take a ticket sales job because that's what I was told to do and get my foot in the door. There it is. And, <laughs> and now all of a sudden I'm miserable because this is not what I thought I was signing up for. Like, yeah. And the attrition rate is so high because I think there's so many people out there who don't prepare themselves for that day one on the job. I also think, too, that they see their buddies and friends going out and the hours will you got to be or check ready their, to grind and check in check sports. their check their paycheck and they're like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> whoa 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 this is not what i signed up for right. but it but is then, what you signed up for that's the that's the crazy part yeah right that is what you signed up for but when you say it's not what i signed up for it's also like yeah right you can definitely go make more money doing other things no doubt but you won't be as happy amen amen you got to have uh, a lot of you do have a lot of fun doing this. I mean, you hang out with the cast of The Office. I did. I, ha- I have done that, and I was a waiter again this weekend. Dining on the Diamond started back up again, and I got one of the most interesting perspectives um, from one of our good listeners, uh, Ray Bruno. We've talked about Ray Bruno on this podcast before. So uh, Ray's a great young man. He's at uh, I think he's a sophomore or junior at LaSalle. Uh, university outside of Boston and he goes Rob he goes when you are at work he goes you are working like you just work and it's you know doing the tasks at hand and that's what you do he goes I had no idea on the unless there was a podcast that like you have a personal side of you and I was like ha I was like yeah you know kind of that's kind of the that's kind of right, right? That's kind yeah, of right. Yeah, it's a fine line, even... right? It's a fine line when you're in the, the boss of like how much you can share your personal side of your world versus the business side because there is business sometimes meets personal and has that headbutt where you have to make a yeah. business decision and it's not easy when you're friends. Right. I, I don't know. But it was just like I never really thought of it that way. But then I kind of put him, I put myself into his shoes and I was like, yeah, all I do is tell you what to do, right? So, like, <laughs> yeah. we never really sit down and talk about, you know, the what's the, going on. The, in the deck world. you're about to build this week? That's you don't. You don't I am do. about to build it. I am about to build a deck with my father. My father's coming down. My deck is rotted, and uh, uh, I got to redo it. I'm disappointed. Uh, I just got asked to play golf on Saturday morning, and I would so much rather play golf on Saturday morning um, than build, build a deck. deck. Uh, yeah, that's but, that's a that's a no-brainer. But that's all right. I am playing tomorrow. Of course you are. Just rub it in. Uh, rub it into the the gimpy. Yeah. Hand. How's your uh, How's your hand, Claw? It's, it's fine. I'll be I'll be on the beach this week. So hey. Uh, good for you. Can't good, complain. good, good, good for you. Did you see our? By the way, we talked about how great they were. The Kraken. Oh the yeah. Kraken's the fastest selling uh, merchandise brand of all time. Beat the Las Vegas Knights, but not like beat them, but like. Double them or something like that. You know, it's not shocking though. Those Seattle, Seattle, Seattle sports fans are crazy. Like the Seahawks, they're they're crazy. Yeah, so right. it's not cr- completely unshocking. And also, like the fact that they lost an NBA team, it just seems like a city that could support that no problem. Uh, yeah. I feel like they have a chip they on their shoulder to prove that like they're the best sports fans of all time ever since the Sonics left. Right. 
Um, it's also a really cool logo and a really cool. It's also a really cool logo and name, and I liked how they came out quickly with the Kraken rum was going immediately. To be the, the official, so your question, did you rum. did you see that they talked about that they had to negotiate trademarks with them? Right, I told you I've been through this a couple times, and it's uh, when we were doing the Omaha Storm Chasers, and thinking about that would you know is that going to be the name? Do you remember the Discovery Show Storm Chasers? I do. Yeah, that was like at the peak of that show. And we were concerned that we would have trademark issues because they were selling merchandise and they were selling gear and all that good stuff. So um, we were able to uh, get around it because it was different. But, um, yeah, that was definitely a strong concern of ours. So I wonder if they gave it to them for free. I don't know. I'd love to know. Why would they... What, and then do like a trade deal for their for their rights. I mean, yeah, it's the it's the it's worth a lot of money, right? Like the team name, like the official rum. I know what rum. I know what our official rum goes for. I mean, it's not a lot of money in cash. So yeah, but he would just choose a different name uh, if it was that much. It's not that much. That's what I'm saying. That to trade out the official rum category isn't that big of an investment. I I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to see what the negotiations were because. They had to negotiate on the trademark and then also got them as the official rum at the same time, which, I mean, maybe it all just worked right, out definitely perfectly. Definitely an IP play. Maybe it just worked out perfectly, but there, I'd love to know how that all played out. Yeah. And then I, I saw, their, I saw them tweet. Tie. I saw them tweet. Just their their whole tweet was, what's cracking? I saw that too. That was <laughs> great. Great. It was great. It was great. It was great. Those guys, uh, I am. I am a... Uh, I grew up a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, right? Mario Lemieux, I think we've talked about yep, this. If yep. Mario Lemieux walked in the door, I, uh, he'd be the only athlete that I would ever get freaked out about. Well, you um, could tell Mario about your uh, ice idea. <laughs> That's not my idea, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, it became, a, I went back and listened to that. Charles. I listened to that episode. It's his, it's his idea. Talk to him about it. I, was, I listened to that episode last week when I was in the grocery store, and I had forgotten that we talked about that. <laughs> Blue and I was like, I'm like laughing as I'm probably picking out apples. Be like, what is this kid laughing at? I'm like, oh, ice is no, it's white with a yellow with a yellow puck. Yeah, no, no. But I will say this: no, Charles does have something blue background with yellow lettering. Always looks good. I can't comment on. I'm colorblind. I have no. You idea. are colorblind. You have no idea what I'm talking. About. No idea. But so you see gray. Do you see grays? Is it all gray? Is yeah, I gray? see red, yellow, white, black, and gray. Like everything else is gray. Like, red, yellow, yep. white, black, and gray? Yep. Like, I don't... Every color I can't see is like a shade of grayish. Got it. So you can see vi- vividly when the Redskins play the Steelers. The who? The Washington football team? Oh, the, the uh, my, my deepest apologies. The uh, Washington football team, not a club, football team, plays the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. You can see those ones. Yes. Yes. Got it. Red Sox. Right. Yeah, good. The, uh, uh, speaking of, you see how many guys opted out of, on the, the, the Patriots, Patriots. Patriots today? I did. I see that. I did see that. It was Patrick. Like big names too. Like uh, Chung, safety, da, da, Chung, Dante Hightower, Brandon Bolt. Like everyone's like Belichick is up to something. Whether it's to get Trevor Lawrence and they're just tanking and they're like, oh yeah, everyone take the season off. We got Cam Newton for, for whatever reason, but we're gonna just tank and get Trevor Lawrence. Oh, 
Half the teams opted. Like you have six guys. That's a, that's a significant amount of people. Yeah. Starting yeah, offensive still, line. Uh, starting middle. Still go against the uh, salary cap if they opt. No, out. no. So they have so maybe they have cap room. Maybe now. he is telling all those people to not do something. Yeah, but they're like good guys. But, the but they're good guys. They're like you starting middle linebacker. You're starting right tackle. You're starting safety. Like that's that's three key positions that you can't just. <laughs> You, you know, I, I'm a Steelers guy, but you know, you can never question the genius of Belichick. So I, there's something could be up, and who knows what's going on. But I think you'll see a lot more guys. They have till August third. Or did Patrick Mahomes come here somehow? Yeah. By the way, just bought a baseball team. So yeah, he's or now part a, of a baseball team. A part owner of the Royals. It's like it's. Like, I was reading like it's like hitting the lottery. He's like what is he? 24, 25. Oh my God, unbelievable. And then you get to buy a baseball. It's like it's like the dream. If you like, if you ever were able to um, win a big big amount of money, what would you do with it? And you'd be like, oh, I'd buy my favorite team. He's like, yeah, I'll buy the Royals. Like, just throws. But they just bought. They just were sold for like a billion two or something. They like were, that, yeah. They? they were, and uh, so he's just a, he's a part of it, which is uh, great. That's a that's a that's a great get for Kansas City, right? The star quarterback. Uh, is investing, whose father was a baseball player, who grew up going to, uh, grew up in major league clubhouses. Uh, I think it's wonderful. I do. I think it's, uh, I think it's great. Uh, really. Geez. Um, my, my said boss was just calling me and I, now I, now I know why as I read the, my, not my boss, indirect, indirect, the EVP of the Red Sox is calling my cell phone right now. I'm at 9.45 at night. I'm wondering now. Now I know why because I just read the email. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm sure you know it's great. Like... COVID's fine. It's all fine. There's nothing. There's always it's, it's always positive right now, Rob. It's all so positive. Let's just <laughs> everyone be very positive. Positivity will get you. Uh, will get you lots of places. I will say that you got to stay positive during this whole thing. I know. Um, there's a great LinkedIn post by one of our great listeners. No, I, I'm going to actually talk. Positive. I'm going to actually talk about this. Let's let's end this. This is ridiculous email. This is a ridiculous email. <laughs> you want to talk about it? Yeah, now? I'm not going to call the brand out by name, but we're going to end on this because this is because I'm going to, have to make a phone call after this to, to talk about this. There's a partner of mine who needed some relief and support, like relief due to COVID. Last year, the contract, blah, blah, blah. We said, no problem. Whole time talking to their agency. We'll help out, whatever you need. The day before opening day, the brand emails is saying like, oh, hey, like we'd like these different types of assets. We're like, great. The the season starts tomorrow. You're negotiating assets. Like it's Fenway Park. We're sold out. Like, what are you talking about? Like, there's nothing left to give you. What do you, you, what do you mean you want X, Y, Z? They just we're really surprised by the negotiation tactic that you would blah blah blah. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. you you email us the day before. We've been having these conversations <laughs> for months, like months. And they're like, well, our main objectives are to do X, Y, Z. Like, yeah, no, yeah, sorry, we question the value of like we told you like. And by the way, we discounted it to the umph degree, down to like it's, we're talking pennies on the dollar. Tell me how you really feel. No, the fact that I'm getting a call at nine forty five about this because. Someone sends a ridiculous email that's on them because they waited to the day before opening day of baseball to start negotiating with the Red Sox for assets. I mean, you should be fired. Fired. Right. Th- th- You're not getting fired, though. No, it's, it's, no, he's calling me to probably be 
mad about them being this is a ridiculous email. So, no, I did nothing wrong because I, we were... Yeah, no, you're in good shape. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not mad. I, I, this this topic I have been had on my mind because I've been on both sides of the fence on brand and on sales, on team side. We are going to talk next week. Maybe next. I don't know. We have probably a big announcement today. About the edit- We've been terrible, by the way, at following through on our teasers. No, but no, <laughs> this, this will really be bad. a topic because I have to talk about this, about etiquette on the brand side and agency side. If, you, if you're a listener and you get on, on the brand side or the, on the agency side, on the buying side, we are going to talk about your etiquette. Because I've been on both, so I can speak to this. Because I was very, very different on the brand side. Everyone, when I was on the brand side, when I was, it was like, why do you respond to these emails? I'm like, because it's the right thing to do. Like, you just be a human being. Like, don't leave people hanging. Because you and I have been on the other side of it where you're, like, waiting for the response. You follow up, you follow up, crickets. And then all of a sudden, on the blue, they're like, I need X, Y, Z by tomorrow. Or, and you do that, and then you don't hear again from, like, three weeks. We were talking about etiquette. Next week, if you're on the brand side, if you listen to this show and this podcast, and you end up on the brand <laughs> side, and I find out you're an asshole... I will find you <laughs> and hunt you down. Oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. Like, I'm dead. So, you made me yeah, laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go deal with some shit. Uh, not, not on me, but people who oh. send ridiculous emails. The season's already started. <laughs> There's been a COVID outbreak, and they're negotiating for assets. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Uh, if you want to get a behind-the-scenes curtain about what you do for a daily, uh, daily living, I think that was it. Just, you know what? Forget you. Like that's it. That's, that's I'm, I'm gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna. I know it. So for anyone who knows the person I'm gonna call, he'll just be like, yeah, okay, whatever, goodbye. But like, I want to respond in a such a different way that I'm gonna have to respond. But I'll be nice, bite my tongue, because again, you never know where these people might end up, and you might have to work with them at some point. But this is not etiquette <laughs> whatsoever. All right, on that rant. <sighs> I'll see you later. Enjoy New Jersey. Enjoy your deck. (laughs) Bye. Bye.